Good morning, maybe. Good evening. Good afternoon. My name is Vivian Aqua, and this is the episode number 30. I didn't even share that with the ladies that I have right now. This is the 30th episode of Let's Humanize the Workplace. And I know that the workplace at the moment is different, is challenging, especially for those who are working from home. But I still felt, feel the need that I have to go live with this broadcast and go on with the broadcast because there is so much that we can learn from each other and there is so much that we can inspire each other for. So my name is Vivian Aqua and I'm the workplace wellness advocate and I help managers with keeping their team members healthy, happy and safe. And that can also be remotely. So. Um, I'm also going to ask you if you could uh, share this broadcast with your viewers, with those who are listening, because we have, there will be four talented, you know, four talented black women, women of color. Um, I'm very proud to introduce them all. And we are going to talk about um, workplace culture and authenticity. So stay, stay, stay here, stay live. And please let me know if your team live. Normally what I do is I check on LinkedIn and see if I can see and hear this broadcast because I can't see it. So let me see if it's live. I'm supposed to be live on LinkedIn. Yes, I can see something. I can see that it's uh, that it's on. Yes, and let me know if you can hear it. So let me know if you can see or hear something. Yes, I can hear myself. Okay, that's fine. Um, so if your team live, I'm streaming live from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and uh, there will be a European side and there will also be an American side in this live broadcast. But let me know where you're watching this from so I can give you a shout out and also let you know that uh, whatever it is that you have to share or if you feel entitled to share something or to ask questions, know that you're, uh, you can definitely ask questions during this session. So. Um, I also want to support, you know, all those people that are working in the vital function. So all the nurses, all the doctors, all the people that are really helping us to be safe. Um, and they are asking just one question, us one simple question, and that is for us to stay at home, stay safe and remain at home. Don't use this this period as it is, um, don't use this time as you're going on spring break or you're going to the beach or to the park. Um, know that you can be safe and know that you can still, you know, um, do some walking around or uh, minimize playing, but know that please stay at home so that the, this virus can, can uh, so that the, the doctors and the nurses can find a time to uh, help people, to save people. If they are overflooded with a lot of sick people, then they won't be able to do their job. So please let them do their jobs and uh, stay home as much as possible. The next thing that I wanted to highlight is now is the time for companies to show their true colors. And I also wanted to highlight Nuka. Nuka is uh, Nuka shared it. Nuka Puriel, she shared this, and. Uh, once she shared this, this was re it really hit me because now is the time for companies to really show their true colors, especially now with the way how they deal, how they are dealing with, um, with with this whole pan pandemonia, right? So I, I see a few comments coming in, and I'm going to let them pop up. Okay, yes, Didev, true colors, true values, and priorities. Thank you, thank you for for watching this episode. I really appreciate that. So. Um, now is definitely the time to show your true colors, but also show that you're 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 helping mankind. You're helping your employees. You're helping the people. I see a lot of companies stepping up, stepping up for humanity, stepping up for the society. Even here in the Netherlands, there is a bank. There is an international bank um, providing laptops for for children in need. Um, and that's also a way to show your kindness. Now is the time to help out. 
um, not to stress about to 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 yeah I know that you you want your company to survive and I know you want your team to survive and I know you want to keep as much employees as you want but please there is nothing wrong with showing humanity so please be cordial be civil and treat the people like the way they need so thank you Didev I'm really curious who you are and uh, thank you for your support. The next thing that I wanted to address, and I wanted to address this because uh, Monique, Monique Aronson, one of our guest speakers, was sharing something about loneliness, and which made me think, um, made me think about, okay, what are what are the challenges regarding remote working, right? So this this research that Buffer and Angelis has done, um, they did it beginning of February. So this was. Uh, before even the corona outbreak um, in, in Europe, in the United States, but it was in, in Asia, right? And they did this research regarding collaboration and communication. I know that a lot of you are new to remote working or a lot of you are new to working uh, from home extensively. A lot of you are also new to working from home with the kids, which can be challenging. I mean, my son is here as well, not here in this room, but we're quarantined as well at, at home. And I have to be a teacher and I also have to do my other stuff, right? And also have to see, um, I also have to recharge myself. So. Um, it, it is challenging, but know that you don't have to strive for you. You cannot strive for perfection. Just deal, just do what you can do and know that you need the time. You also need the time to invest in connecting with people because the next, the second thing is loneliness. Please do something about that loneliness. So please address, uh, ways that people can, can connect with others or, call somebody or do a video chat with somebody. And if you don't know how to how to do that or do the video chat or need some, need some um, extra tips regarding connectivity, just know that I'm here to, to help you through that. And also not being able to unplug because I can realize that now your, your work situation is also at home. And mostly, you know, when you go from work, you can close the door and leave the workplace and then um, your day ends, but now your day continues. So there are ways to unplug yourself, but know that you're not in this alone. Please let's support each other, help each other to get through this and and um, prevent, you know, mental, mental illness happening because you can, uh, loneliness can end up in a depression and it can also maybe end up in a burnout. So this is the time that we need to support each other and let each other know that, are you okay? Ask each other questions and stay in, in touch with your team. So I'm going to look at the, the LinkedIn live now and see if there are any comments. I see a lot of viewers. So thank you for watching all. And uh, I'm also curious if Buffer and Angelis are going to conduct a new survey after Corona. So uh, know that, uh, please know that remote working is not the new, it is a new normal now, it's a new forced normal and know that there are so many people that don't know how to deal with this. So please bear in mind that you provide people the tools, provide people the tips and stay in touch with people. That's what I wanted to share. And now I'm going to bring the ladies up. So first, let me see. So now we switched up here <laughs> on the top is Europe. So the first lady, Danique. Danique Hello. is a team is a team. Uh, Danique is a team culture expert, and she helps managers to keep their team happy and well. She produces bespoke events and workshops that focus on healthy building or sorry workshops that focus on building a healthy and positive company culture and the second lady is monique arrington hey. and monique recruits the a players for businesses that are mission driven and fixes the broken recruitment process and last but not least is Tammy Triola, oh, sorry, Tammy Triolo, sorry, Tammy. Uh, Tammy is a healthcare professional with over 15 years of experience, and uh, she's the founder of PCQ Consulting, where she consults companies with culture, compliance, and quality. We have lost, uh, we have mm -hmm. lost Danique, so I hope that she's coming in. But um, in the meantime, what we can do is have a conversation, uh, do the questions. So Danique is back. Yes, welcome back, Danique. So now the European connection is like that. 
<laughs> okay, the first question. What is your connection with humanizing the workplace? And I'm, I'll start with Tammy. So my connection with humanizing the workplace, um, like you said in my introduction, I've had about 15 years of experience in the healthcare industry and I've worked as an employee, I've worked as a manager and I've worked as a director. And one of the things that I, for me, what's big was making sure that I understood my employees not just professionally, but personally, um, that I understood what their challenges were, not just professionally, but personally. And so I think that's one way that you humanize the workplace is understanding your people, um, sometimes even more so on a personal level. And if you mm -hmm. get them personally, you can, you can figure out what drives them professionally. True. And Monique? Well, I have been recruiting for about 15 years now, and I've literally built cultures from ground up. So mm -hmm. really being able to humanize those cultures and be able to have more of an authentic workplace where people can, you know, communicate better or they're able to go ahead and really talk about their struggles and how that impacts their work is something I've already done. Um, so now I'm just trying to do that every business I can, one business at a time. Especially now the communication is uh, a huge thing at the moment, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Danique? Um, so I've worked throughout the HR function um, for a number of companies um, and realized that <laughs> the function needs some work. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I've spent some time over the last few years just doing some research and trying to figure out what was missing within the function. and. Mm -hmm. I really thought it was the it, the human side of it has had gone. It had disappeared. It was a it was a business function, and which is why I was spending lots of time dealing with people who weren't really happy with um, they think who were working for them because every, everything within the function was business focused as opposed to people focused. And mm -hmm. um, so here I am trying to. It's stuck, and, and and get the focus back on full. Mm -hmm. Nanique, I think that um, regarding your video, see if you can attach your image so that we can still hear you, uh, because okay. you you tend to be stuck sometimes. Yeah, my signal's so bad because our our broadband works terrible in the UK mm -hmm, at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, let me see if I can get my picture and I'll come back in. Yeah. Yes. Um, let me see. What is a workplace culture, Monique? So a workplace culture essentially is the interactions that a company has with their employers and stakeholders as a whole. How do they mm -hmm. treat each other? And the way I love to define this is how do they treat each other when no one is looking? Mm. How do employees treat each other when no one is looking? How do VPs treat each other when no one is looking? Those core philosophies and principles that they give out, those mission statements that we love to talk about, those are just backbones to actual action. So mm -hmm. a culture is merely just actions that we actually make an ecosystem for in a culture. So, right. So a family can be a culture. Um, your sports team can have a culture. It's just merely the interactions. But mm -hmm. merely when we talk specifically about company culture, right, we're talking about the ideas and mindsets that maybe a few founders have, their mission. And then how do we actually promote those within an organization by interacting with each other, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. How do we promote those with rituals or different performance? How do we engage with our culture? Um, those are pretty much essentially the culture. Yeah. My favorite you, men you, you yeah. mentioned that it was a backbone, but uh, regarding the mission statement, but sometimes when I see a mission statement from a company, um, it tends to be look like window dressing. Definitely. I would say a lot of companies have backed away from that. Mm -hmm. What you'll see is the top understand the mission and they're mm -hmm. the driving forces for those missions because they're so connected to the mission, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll see the people towards the bottom are disconnected from that yeah. mission. So it's yeah. really about how can we get these two engaged together to commonly go with the mission. Um, I think in essence, most companies want to be the, want that mission statement to be their backbone, but it's mm -hmm. the actions that are lacking for, for lack of a better word. Can you, can you repeat that? Just, just that last sentence again, <laughs> <laughs> just, just to emphasize on what is missing. 
it's the actions is mm -hmm. being able to walk the walk and not just talk the talk right if you have a mission of you know open communication making sure that all of the employees can speak up and give feedback about what's mm -hmm. going on in your organization not just the vps but if an analyst has a question or has something to give to the org that they feel that they can actually do that without repercussions without you know those repercussions that feels like i'm sitting in church where you're yeah. preaching <laughs> Okay, and, and Tammy, how to define a workplace culture? I'm hearing myself double somewhere. Is this is somebody having me on the phone or? I don't have you on the phone. Yeah, I don't have you on the phone. Okay, okay. So, so before I answer that question, I just mm -hmm. want to piggyback on what Monique said. And mm -hmm. um, she said something about like the mission statement. And a lot of times that the people at the top are more connected to the mission statement. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to challenge that for a little bit because I'm not sure. sure how things work in the UK, but here mm -hmm. in America, a lot of companies aren't owned by the CEO. So mm -hmm. that mission statement, it doesn't even belong to the CEO. Mm -hmm. So if that's not his mission statement and by extension, the board's mission, um, the mm -hmm. executive's mission statement, that's why those mission statements aren't carried out because mm -hmm. those are not intrinsically his beliefs or his values. Those were the values and beliefs of the people that bought the company, decided they were gonna write a really cute mission statement and put it out and then had the, the executive teams parrot it, right? And so, so many companies in the US aren't owned directly by the CEO. It's the, it's the same in Europe. It's the same founder, in Europe. Right, so they're owned yeah. by equity firms and you know, equity partners that have no real connection to those businesses mm -hmm. other than driving the revenue. And so I think that's why mission statements aren't lived out in companies mm -hmm. anymore because those aren't the CEOs and the people that started those companies' actual mission statements. Yeah. So that yeah. defined work culture is the way that we behave and interact with one another. How do we would you would you rather have uh, sorry to interrupt you, but would you rather have teams define their own mission statements instead of a mission statement laid from above? I, I personally would like to once you just I think you I think companies need to come up with a mission statement once they fix the culture. Mm -hmm, once, mm -hmm. once that's clearly defined. Yeah. Then we can say, what is the mission statement yeah. here, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I think you can use the current mission statement as a guide, but mm -hmm. I think that mission statement should come from everybody working in that organization. What is it that we do every day? So I, I, I define culture this way, workplace culture. So when you come into my home, there is a feeling, there's a vibe, there's a flow. Mm -hmm. All yeah. of my rooms are connected in some way, mm -hmm. whether that's through color, texture, design, all different but intricately connected. So you know that, okay, this is this is Tammy's taste. I could see it throughout every room that I go in. And that's culture in a workplace, right? So mm -hmm. every department is going to have its own unique set of challenges, its own unique set of wins. But when somebody walks into your organization, you should be connected by shared values, shared yeah. responsibilities, right? And so you're connected in that way, although each person or each department is operating differently. And then you sit down and say, okay, so accountant does something a little bit different than finance and finance does something a little different than marketing. The marketing does something a little different than HR, but what is the common thread, right? What is the common thread that we all value and share? And then you just, then you can come up with a mission statement that really represents what's happening in your organization. Yeah. yeah. And, and Danique, when it comes to um, fixing the workplace culture at the moment, what is it that you would like to share, can share regarding the workplace culture? Um, I think, can you hear me? Yes, it's I can clear. hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I think when it, when, where we are with culture at the moment is mm -hmm. that we're, we're putting it on the back burner mm. and we're not focusing on the fact that that everybody in the organization needs to understand what the what one what the bottom line is and two what the shared goal is um and i think honestly i think part of it is to do with 
like we say, the CEO mission statement. But I also feel like we're being introduced to um, the head of people or the head of culture who don't really understand how the entire business runs. And mm -hmm. people are looking to the head of people to, to give them that information and they don't know that information. Mm -hmm. um, so, and so what so what we might what in my opinion, what we need to do is have um, I think HR is an important function in the business, but we need another element to that or another person in the company who can deliver um, the information from the top down and give the information to each department in their own language, if that makes sense. So if you're mm -hmm. delivering the culture of the company, the, the finance director is going to hear it so differently to maybe an engineer or the pe people in design or the people in the comms team. So there needs to be someone in the in the company who is able to deliver the company culture in each department. Do you, do you feel that uh, this role is for a diversity uh, expert or, you know, the diversity role? Because mostly what I've recently read about a diversity officer is that they, uh, not all companies, but I read an, uh, a negative example as in the diversity officer was put in power and they uh, received certain responsibilities, but being the person that can be honest, uh, who who's pinging in the background, be honest, <laughs> being honest about um, the ability to be able to tell a CEO, we shouldn't be going to that direction, we should be going to this direction. They yeah. Most of the time, they don't have that authority. Most of the time, they don't have that power. Yeah. And right. I, I, I think that is that this is the problem, and this is why we have CNI people in companies who are doing really good work, really good mm -hmm. research. They're not yeah. able to implement anything in companies because they are still being managed by sometimes the people who are hindering the company of the culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we need. Uh, so hence why. You know, people like myself, Tammy, Monique, you, we are doing this as consultants. We're impartial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can walk into someone's company, which I, I think makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have your HR person in the company who is managed by the CEO or someone in the leadership team, but you have to come to your company without the repercussions. Yeah, so when it comes to DNI, you believe that what you're saying then is that the chief diversity uh, officer should come from outside, not from the inside. They should what, come from outside or, or the investors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, what, you know, what do you ladies think? I, I agree with Danique. Danique and I have conversations all the time about this. And I remember as mm -hmm. a, a HR director um, whose title was head of people. She said to me, she said, well, who do you think should be head of people and who mm -hmm. should they report to? I said, they should not be reporting to the CEO. Yeah. Because yeah. for a lot of organizations, the culture that's toxic and that's been yeah. driven sometimes come from the CEO. Mm -hmm. And so how is the person that's reporting to the CEO really going to affect the culture change in an organization when the person that's creating the toxic culture is, in fact, their boss? How does that work? It mm -hmm. doesn't. Um, and so if a company is owned by an equity firm or uh, partners, that head of people job should be reporting to them because yeah. their job is to watch out for your investment. And I think yeah. the, the problem with a lot of times with equity partners and why you don't see them get involved, because a lot of these people are in they're buying companies for a five year time span. They don't intend to be there for more than five years. Mm -hmm. And so in that five years, do they really care that the people like working there? No. Do they yeah. care that the turnover <laughs> is high? No. no Especially sure. if that company is still generating revenue, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think some of the challenge for us in the consultant space is trying to impart to these investors that, yes, your company may be still be generating revenue, but... How but it's going to, sorry to stop you, but it's going to play a bigger part because there, there, there is a generation standing up, especially when it comes to the investors, that they want to look at their, um, how do you say, their, their global reporting yes. where, they, yes. where they put, you know, the environmental impact and also the diversity impact in the reporting. And I know it's, it's a start, 
of putting it's that good. in the global reporting, but we want to see more. We want to yeah. see it going better. And there's luckily, you know, um, a generation standing up that we're looking beyond the figures. We're looking beyond the return on the investment. We also want right. to see the environmental impact, the human impact of our investment. Oh, yeah. for sure. And yeah. I think millennials definitely leading mm -hmm. um, yeah. the charge in that. And I think that's a, that's a great thing. I think companies are looking, um, employees are looking now, mm -hmm. not just on whether or not a company will pay them well, but are they socially responsible? Mm. Yeah. I was yeah. looking for that word. Thank you. Because Thank you. Definitely yeah. want to be a part of something yeah. where they feel that they can contribute to a greater good. Um, yeah. And that's for all people, whether you're an employee or a manager or a supervisor, Everybody wants to be a part of the greater good. And so, um, you know, the, the thing with the investors is, is trying to impart to them that, yes, you're here for five years. But in five years, if your takeaway revenue from flipping this company is is 10 percent, I guarantee you, if you had a better culture in that company, you probably could have walked away with 20 percent. And so yeah. while you think culture doesn't matter, you're leaving Ooh. a lot of money on the table. You're leaving so much money on the table in flipping these in, in flipping your organizations, and that's why I think uh, equity partners really need to have whether that's a consultant or a company that's an arm for them that watches over the culture aspect of their investments. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to share that you you touched on something that is so important because they forget that culture. It's strategy. That's it's what Peter strategy. Culture eats strategy. So it's so important to invest in culture. So thank you. Thank you, Tammy, for uh, adding that on. And uh, when it comes to this question, so what can people do to create a positive workplace culture? Employers and employees, what would you have to share on that, Monique? I think it comes down to empowering employers and mm -hmm. employees to be able to speak up about toxic culture mm. when you see it without any repercussions. I have been glad to be able to work with tons of VC startups here in the Bay Area. I'm in San Francisco. And mm -hmm. one thing that I do see that is done on purpose very well here is that radical candor, that yeah. ability to be able to say, hey, to the CEO, this is not working. And this mm -hmm. is the reason why it's not working. And I'm going to go back to my desk and still do my report. But I want to let you know that this isn't working. And yeah. then that CEO being able to take that information, take it to the higher ups and actually form a committee where we can now look at the culture. I think it's more than just a head of people's responsibility here or a third party's person um, responsibility. We should be forming committees within organizations to maintain culture. And yeah. that and that has a lot to do with being able to feel safe within the mm -hmm. organization and to feel empowered. So if you don't feel safe, if you're not empowered, then you'll never be able to actually create a positive culture. But, so the first thing to do is to empower your employees and your and your employees to be able to give that feedback to create a good culture. Then it's also to understand that your culture is going to change. It's fluid, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to constantly be looking at is our culture working? And what kind of rituals, policies can we put in place to actually maintain that culture? And that's especially, so, sorry to interrupt you, but that's especially now, it's very important to, to look at that because I see um, organizations showing their true colors, yeah. uh, which can be very positive, like I shared in the beginning, but there also are organizations that um, here in the Netherlands, there was an example that somebody shared with me. Uh, the government stated that we need to work from home as much of, uh, as much as possible. And uh, the person received an email regarding if you're not sick, uh, if you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, you can work work from home. If you're not sick, come to the office and work. Wow. And that's that's double, right? Because there is a way to address it, but there is also a way to to scare people and say, okay, um, I only want you in for the money, and uh, I only want you here, you know, to 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 for the billable hours. Yeah, definitely. And I think the problem with employers is the lack of respect for employees overall. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. ability not, not to see us as human beings and not to see us as a part of the bigger picture of the organization. Mm -hmm. That's, they see us as a, you know, something, a commodity, an mm -hmm. item that they can exchange or get 
at any time. And that's the those times are over. Those times are over. You know, the great thing about it is we say those times are over, but unfortunately, there are more people getting laid off right now Mm -hmm. with no actual backup with any savings without um, than ever. And that tells to a lot to our current culture, not what we want to be happening. Um, We have the current culture in most companies is toxic. Let's be real. And that Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with the fact that people are not able to actually be able to bring about positive change Mm -hmm. without repercussions. That's just the bottom line of it. Um, And we can only create that if we empower people. So bottom line, I would say my answer to this is empower your people with radic candor and the ability to, you know, make committees that will actually give you policies in place to maintain that culture. Um, yeah. I think that's that's pretty much the answer to that question. Yeah, and yeah. keep the committee simple because it, exactly. it doesn't have to be a governmental process where no. it's going to be paper beyond paper and no. then the committee turns into another, you know, toxic. Uh, issue, right? Yes, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the yeah. committee should be mostly made up of people from every team mm-hmm. and then they sit on that team and they yeah. talk about the culture within the culture. So we have mm-hmm. to understand it's not just the culture of the company. There's yeah. cultures within the accounting department. There's a culture yeah. within the, you know, um, you know, finance team, whatever. So it's bigger than that. So whatever three pillars we're going to talk about, what is our culture? We also have to understand that it's fluid, it's going to change, and it's different within each department. Right. Definitely, definitely. So, Danique, the next question is for you. Why is authenticity so important? Um, so I think it's really important because I've sat in on many interviews and you see people they're at their best they're trying to hide who they really Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. Um, I had this example of this young guy who came uh turned up for an interview and said you know I I I like Beethoven or something along those lines this was this is the type of music he liked and we ended we ended up working in a company and working with um an artist who did drill music Mm -hmm. and we someone who could resonate with this artist mm-hmm. and because the guy who we interviewed hadn't told us so actually in fact that's really the type of music I like you missed out on an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, so I think it's so important one because you want to know that when you start that job you are go- you are going to be the right person for that company that company is going to be the right place for you because they, if, if, if we're going to find out who you are. Mm-hmm. When someone find when we find out who you are, we will then get to a place of this is going to be tricky if, if they find out some discover something about you later on. So it's really important to walk into a company and say, "This is who I am. If you don't like it, tell me now, so I mm-hmm. can, you know, we can leave this here." Um, there's no point in walking into a company and trying to be your authentic self in two years' time because nobody will respect you. Yeah, true. No, I, I definitely believe that. And also, without you being your authentic self, you'll end up maybe in depression or maybe in a burnout and losing yourself for a company. It's never worth it. It's never worth it. So please be uh respectful of yourself but also know that starting yourself on a good food with the truth is always better always uh, yeah. i mean it, you're never going to win friends not True. being i have uh three questions or three remarks from caroline ribeiro nelson so she says it's a great discussion ladies so it's important focus an important focus is a clear and a shared understanding of organization's unique culture she also shares, I think DNI is an intrinsic and essential part of culture. Without this, it cannot be fully inclusive or authentic. And the next thing that she says is a missing statement are unfortunately put together from a standard perspective rather than taking the time and the effort to involve different parties contributing to an authentic commitment. So she, I think she agrees with all of us right here. Um, regarding the next question, what can we do to encourage authenticity in the workplace, Monique? So I'll just keep saying the same thing over and over again. No. Just just repeat it. No, repeat it. Please do. No, but I would say empowering is mm-hmm. the number one thing that we can do for employees. Yeah. Empowering them the ability to. But also creating actual policies that are going to uphold these the culture that we have. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if one of your cultures in an organization is giving feedback, 
to one another, that you guys embody radical mm. candor, then you guys should have some type of, you know, meeting once a week where you guys actually give feedback in an open public setting and be able to create dialogue of change, right? So it's not just saying, hey, this is our mission statement. Oh, we believe in feedback, but we also, this is a policy and everyone is included and it's mandatory mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. not a voluntary type of thing. And this is one of these policies that we're going to put in place. So it's about getting, you know, people from head of people in HR to marry both of their skill sets and then putting things actually down to implement where yeah. actual employees can be able to do that. So if community, for instance, is one of your missions, you want to bring about social change and community, what are you doing in your organization? Are you guys doing like shared lunches? I worked in an organization where everyone took lunch at the same time every day and it was in like a round table type of mm -hmm. situation where we could build communication and talk to each other and build a community. So it's about being able to back up those mission statements, back up what you're looking to do with actual policies and rituals. That is essentially what we can do to encourage that. I, I definitely have something to share on regarding feedback because you, you did mention feedback, but know that a lot of people don't know how to do the feedback. So I what I what I what I what I share is sometimes people deliver feedback as if they are in a Texas chainsaw massacre well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. player where they butcher, you know, the, the yeah. feedback receiver. Yeah. yeah. So I would like to add on, if you don't know how to give feedback or accept feedback or receive feedback, please, feedback training should be mandatory within yes. this company because yes. we don't know how to deliver the message without keeping the, the person intact. Yes. Exactly. I, I, was, I was about to make that point too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Feedback should be a part of your HR training. Um, everyone yeah. should be getting interviewing training, how to conduct the interview, mm -hmm. how to look at a job description, how to do feedback training, how to yeah. have soft skills, communication skills with them. Yeah. But most companies don't invest in training. So we know that's already an issue. Mm -hmm. But to bring back the authenticity part of it, how do we promote that is really just creating policies and then mm -hmm. actually being a role model. Like yeah. your CEO has to be authentic. Your managers have to be authentic. Everyone from the top down need to be who they are. Thankfully, I've worked for companies that have done this well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of startups have done this well here in the Bay Area, being able to be your true self at all times, but also realizing that can change. And yeah. your company is going to have to be okay with that changing. I'm not going to be the same person if I stay in an organization for 10 years. You know, I might be a completely different person than when I started. Mm -hmm. So it's still that tricky communication. But you have changed. You've yeah. changed. You've changed. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful thing. If you haven't changed, it, don't worry. Right? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, True. that's how I would go about doing that. Okay. Yeah. And Tammy? Um, uh, yeah, I was going we, to say... And you, you kind of got to it before I did, yeah. but a lot of people don't know how to give feedback mm -hmm. um, and how to receive feedback. And that's yeah. something that, you know, you have to be taught and trained how to do. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I always encourage my managers um, when they would talk to um, employees below them to tell them how they receive feedback right mm -hmm. tell me how how to communicate with me mm -hmm. and there's a lot of cultures within a culture mm -hmm. um i think Danique and i were talking about this on our many conversations but we were talking about like i am caribbean monique mm -hmm. i'm assuming is an american yeah Danique is a british person with three black faces with three different cultures yep. and how we interact is very different how True. we communicate is very different and so a lot of managers don't know the cultures within their cultures. So yeah. they don't know that they have an employee that's from Colombia and that the way she communicates, it's, it's not totally disrespectful. That's just the way they talk. Yeah. Or you have a British person who is a little bit more direct in, mm -hmm. in the way that they speak and they're not trying to be mean. That's just the way they come from a culture that they're very direct. And so a lot of times we don't even understand the cultures we have within our culture and so that's, that's because we don't we don't take the time to know we don't take the, the time to know our employees yeah. and know yeah. the people that are actually working for mm -hmm. us and that's why mm -hmm. it is employees figure yeah. out who they are where do yeah. they come from 
You know, yeah. what music do they listen to? What kind of foods mm -hmm. do they eat? How do they communicate? Are they an expressive family? Are they a more reserved family? And if you learn these things about people, you will slowly begin to learn how to communicate. And the, the funny thing is you don't even have to ask, nope. you know, where you yes. come from. Yes. Just show interest. Show interest. Like what, 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 what kind of food you're eating or what, what kind yes. of food you used to eat? Because you can learn a lot from a person eating their own food or bringing, yeah. you know, do a potluck where they can bring their own food, where you can ask the question. Because sometimes right. when people are doing their best to show interest, they feel very hard and they ask the questions that to me, when people ask certain questions like where you're from, I know what they are, what they want mm -hmm. to know, but if you're not direct and concrete and you're asking it in a way like, okay, this is the, this is the so many, so many times that a person has asked this question, you will disengage a person before even getting the answer. Yeah. 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 I, I, I get that all the time. People will say to me, um, I get, where are you from? And mm -hmm. what I, I know what they're asking me is you don't seem to fit into an American culture that I'm used to. Mm. And I'm trying yeah. to figure out why you're different. So where yeah. I, I think we need to get to a place where we get comfortable with people asking us that question. Yes. 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 We need yes. to get to a place where, because, you know, some people just don't know. Yeah. And we need to get to a place where that com that question is not uncomfortable to us anymore. Mm -hmm. If yeah. we want people to take us, you know, to, to a, because once we tell them, if they get it wrong again, we know they're deliberately getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. If we have that conversation and we take that uncomfortableness out or remove it from us and we just deliver the answer that they're mm -hmm. looking for, once we, we, you know, have the conversation again, if they get it wrong, they're deliberately doing it. And then yeah, that's true. a different conversation. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. But regarding the, I can ask the question, just because people are not experiencing me in a in a black American way. And mm -hmm. so if you if you're not experiencing me in that way, you will ask, can I ask where you're from? And I, mm -hmm. I honestly never even take offense to it because mm -hmm. I, I understand why they're asking that question. Because my culture of being Caribbean mm -hmm. is showing up in me. Mm -hmm. And so what are you doing? Is the spice yeah. coming up? <laughs> well you know what it you know what it is? I think for me it's part of it is um, language and and the way I accept feedback and the way that I communicate and so yeah. it may be different from what you're used to and so people can pick up very subtly that you're from a different place or you may mm -hmm. have an accent and if you have an accent and somebody says where are you from nobody's making you less European or less American they just are asking you know what else do you bring to this workspace, you know, yeah. are you from another country? And so I, I'm with Denise. We have to get, we have to get, stop being so touchy about at people asking us where we're from and assigning to people motives that they may not have. I'll, I'll, I'll let that talk marinate. So <laughs> can you, can you, can you share three examples of role models or uh, companies that really show authenticity? Well, you know, the, 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 the funny thing was, I would say before this coronavirus, in my opinion, is slightly changed. Um, Richard Bronson of mm -hmm. Atlantic, and yeah. he has come up a lot in when we talk about culture and what we say about culture and what he mm -hmm. has said about culture. Mm -hmm. And this pandemic has really exposed that what you say about culture, what you write about culture, can be very different when you are faced with actually living out the culture by which you profess. Yeah. Yeah. Company, Can you share why? Can you because, share why? Because his company was one of the first companies to say that they expect their employees to be out of work for a month without yeah. pay. Yeah. And this is coming from somebody who talks very much about yeah. valuing his employees. Mm -hmm. He himself, his net worth is in the billions. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I, I try to stay away from telling people what to do with their monies because I think mm -hmm. I just think that's a that's a wrong conversation to have as well. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't think it's very productive to do that. Um, but from a business perspective, if he put back in his own business mm -hmm. four million dollars or forty five million dollars by which to pay these employees, does it make him not a billionaire? No. 
Does it change anything? It makes him a, no, no, no. no. It, 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 it makes, makes him a human there. there. Yes, right. It changes <laughs> nothing in his financial yeah. situation, but yeah. what it communicates to his employees is huge, huge. And so I think when you talk about being authentic, um, I think I probably could have answered this question pre-pandemic. <laughs> Post-pandemic, we're still learning um, from these role models by which we looked up to, mm -hmm. are they really role models in authenticity? Because what you say and what you do is two separate things. That's true. And who's doing it now? Who is the role model now then? I, I think the role model that's doing it now, I think um, Apple, I think Danique and I were talking about this yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. um, so Apple in its business practices doesn't always do the most ethical thing in terms of how they bring um, products to market, mm -hmm. but they have demonstrated that even if they don't perform ethically in a business perspective, they are performing more than ethically now in this situation by the way that they are treating their employees. And the same can be said about Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Another one of those companies who Starbucks have always been consistent in the way they think about and treat their employees and being authentically the company that cares about not just their employees, but the social impact that mm -hmm. their company is having around the world. And so, um, again, I, I think Apple is doing that. I think Starbucks is doing that. And I think there's probably a lot of small businesses that we don't know about that's doing that, that I would like to get to know who those small businesses are. You know, I, I, I think their CEOs probably are around this country that are taking pay cuts to make sure that their employees are paid, but we don't know them because they're not big companies. Let's, right? let's, let's, let's challenge let's people. people. So, so if you have an example, of uh, a company that is showing their best, their true color, but also showing yes. uh, a good example. Share it, please share companies. it and tag us, we're, we're in it so that we can amplify it as well because we do need to highlight these showcases. We need to highlight these companies because they, they, they show humanity in people yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So yes. We're, we're hearing about all the companies that aren't doing the right thing. Mm. It is great for us to talk yeah. about the ones that are and again i'm sure there's a lot of small businesses doing the right thing mm -hmm. and if you are a small business or you work for a small business that's doing that instead of coming on linkedin trying to be you know the motivational coach right now mm -hmm. start highlighting these companies so that other people can know who they are start yes. highlighting um the companies that are doing the best for their employees that they're not an apple they're not a starbucks yeah. nobody knows who's who they are maybe they're a small company in the bay area or here mm -hmm. in Fort Lauderdale or the Miami area, the small companies doing the best that they can for their employees. It'd be great to know who those who those companies are. And those are the companies that I would love to work with. Yeah, definitely. And um, let's say, what can companies gain when they pay attention to authenticity and workplace culture? They gain happy oh, let, Let's, let, let's, let's do two, yeah. two tips from each. Yeah. They gain, sorry, Monique, what you're saying? They gain happy employees, productive employees, they, they gain retained talent that's engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, instead of being disengaged, that's, that's what you really get. And you usually get a higher productive team as well. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and Tammy? I, I think what companies get, and I don't think people pay a lot of attention to this, but they get innovation from their people. Mm -hmm they get innovation from their people. Your employees are going to be the ones to take your business to the next level. So you start a business with an idea, yeah. right? And you put these practices in, in, in place to maintain that business. It's going to take employees showing up, thinking about your business differently and innovating how to make your business grow. And so when that's what you get, you get innovation from your employees when they're in a good workplace culture, which only benefits your company and the growth of it. Yeah, and Danik? Um, I think um, for me, I think it bring, they will gain loyalty. Um, and it's not just in a way of, oh, you know, we, we keep getting them money. People will stay loyal to you. If you mm. allow them to be who they are at your work, at that company, they will stay loyal to you and they will grow with you. And like both Tammy and Monique said, they will innovate your company. They will show up in a way that you didn't even expect. So the people who have 
uh, or the companies who have allowed authenticity in their workplace, so the ones who, even before they were told to let people work from home, those mm -hmm. are the have the, the, the employees now who are helping them to stay afloat. Yep. And um, so, yeah, that's what I think they'll okay. I also want to add on is, uh, what I have to add on is a lot of uh, companies don't realize that those are the, when, when you uh, embrace authenticity and workplace culture, you have ambassadors for a very long time yeah. and those ambassadors yeah. are talking and yeah. it's up to you to have ambassadors uh, talking positively about your brand, about the company, about the products and about the, the environment or negatively. So, and the power of having an ambassador is so enriched. I see a lot of companies, you know, um, investing in ads but they are forgetting their advocates they are forgetting their their ambassadors that they have in place and when yeah. they know how to use yeah. linkedin or twitter or all the other platforms yeah that's gold that's yeah. gold that's that's a really good one that's yeah a really that's one. a huge yeah. one that's yeah. a huge one and i think your biggest ambassador are your ex-employees mm. ambassadors so Whenever I see an employee leaving an organization I'm consulting with, I'm always like, we need to make sure that they are such so fans of the company that when they leave, they're recommending them, they're writing about them still, they're talking about their wonderful, you know, time being there. So really pay attention to your employees because they will become your ex-employees. And those are the fans that people You tell them. You tell them. Like your customers. You yeah. don't want is to leave you know bad reviews about your product. especially now especially yeah. now the world yeah. is smaller we know how to you know everybody can be a broadcaster everybody can have their own exactly. show everybody can uh share their feelings on social media so um please be aware of what you're creating and please make sure that at least you have an exit conversation with that person so that you can learn to do better and mm -hmm. learn how to uh, address the things better and learn from that, you know, that instance. Exactly. Yeah, I, I will say on those exit um, conversations, I think Monique said it earlier, you have mm -hmm. to have a radical way of people being honest. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you, I have never been honest on an exit interview I, yeah. have, ever, I have ever done. And I think a lot of employees aren't honest because yeah. we are socialized to yeah. not burn our bridges from really mm -hmm. bad companies. And so yeah. people yeah. never yeah. tell the truth on their way out. They never do. Yeah. And the only way but you it, is, it, is telling the truth, does that, does that mean that you have to do, you know, the, the thing that uh, Angela Bassett did? No, 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 no you don't, you don't know. No, telling no. doesn't mean you have to burn the bridge, but it's yeah. about why, what your experience mm -hmm. was that mm -hmm. made you leave, right? Yeah. And so it may not be a pleasant one that the managers want to hear. It may not yeah. be a pleasant one that even the CEO wants to hear. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you want, you really want honest feedback about why people are leaving your organization and not, you know, a lot of organizations don't want it and the same reasons why they do surveys. You know, my, my feelings about surveys is, you know, put it on the front door and wipe your feet on it. I mean, yeah. it's not giving you any information that you you're a hundred percent right, Tammy. <laughs> I think, I think it's also important to not have those exit interviews with mm -hmm. the people who yeah. are still going to work. Yeah. Yeah. My exit interviews were always with the people who are the, 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 the HR person who yeah. is, uh, who is, you know, the employee of the CEO. I don't want that sent back to the mm -hmm. CEO. Mm -hmm. I think you should have reflection interviews where you, where you leave the company and maybe a week or two later, once everything's calmed down, you then say to the person, shall we have a call or a coffee? Yeah, and we talk about why you left the company. This is so much better because you, you know, you, 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 you cool down, cool mm -hmm. down. Yeah. Everyone's going to have a more open discussion. I, True. you know, employee doesn't work there. You're no longer their employer. The references are done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a good thing. I think that's, that's a good thing. 
I think the best companies I've seen I've seen do exit interviews are more video. So yeah. you go ahead, you leave the company, and then they incentivize you to do an exit interview with yeah. gift cards or something of that nature. And then you do you have a list of questions, and then they say if you want to go ahead and just freestyle it, go ahead. And yeah. I've I've gotten such really good remarks when they're just a video camera themselves. They send it out to the universe, and it's done. Okay, um, but I, an exit interview with gift cards? That's the first yes, that I heard. I heard. So what, is, what was the I gift card? Uh, um, so a $500 gift card? Or what, yeah, what the was company it? that was doing it this. It would need to be a thousand for me. <laughs> <laughs> just the just putting it doing. out there. That's yeah, my the number, anybody. That's Tammy's number. The company I've seen did that utilize the company where they did experiences and gift cards. So some of the experiences were like a you know a gift card to go dancing or mm. your nails mm. done, and then the gift cards were long like Starbucks and things of that nature. Mm. But I've seen about seventy five percent of their people actually filled out you know did these videos, and these videos were raw. They were honest. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and it can be done well. Um, but we as human beings need to change our relationship between employees and employers. We need to realize that we don't need to fake it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's so important that employees are real 100% of the time about what's going on. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the times then even managers get fooled into what they yeah. think culture is. Yeah. There's no one being honest about what's really going on. You guys are all going in little private sec, you know, little sections of the office talking smack about the culture, but no one has gotten the balls to just go up directly to the CEO or go directly to their manager and say, hey, this is the problem. So I think True. before um, college students leave college, they need to really understand that that's vital. That you yeah. being able to communicate with your manager and your boss and let them know what's working, what's not working, yeah. and your ideas is so important. We can only push work in that direction if we all do it. If there's and also and also find find people surrounding you, right? Don't yeah. don't don't be alone, especially now it now that we are quarantined. Loneliness, like I shared before, <laughs> loneliness can be a thing. But know whatever you're facing. You're not the only one who's facing that. So find really? people surrounding you. Like I yeah. found these ladies on LinkedIn. Yeah. The Not last question, because I have a I have a dream and I have a wish that in 2025 the world will be a much in a much better place mm. as it is now. So what is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and authenticity and culture? Well, I think mine is secretly coming together because mm -hmm. now. I mean, just, you know, take aside what's happening with the world. Everyone's mm -hmm. working from home. Yeah. Companies are now going to have to add this to their strategy. They so have to. They so cannot be saying that they are not flexible anymore because yeah. they have shown the flexibility already. Yeah. Yeah. They've shown that it can happen. Mm -hmm. I think, and for me, I think allowing people to just be authentic and stop saying, well, this is how it is. Right. But, what is it? You know, banks used to be different to how they were 20 years ago. So let's, I, I, I would, I want more people to walk into the workplace and not have to put their phone voices on anymore. I just, this is my wish. And then once that happens, anything can move, everything can move forward. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing, Danique. And Monique? I think it's about humanizing the whole process. So mm -hmm. humanizing things from the interview process, really talking to people as if they are humans and not a commodity. I mm. think really going to be the biggest issue when it comes to humanizing and bringing authenticity in the workforce. In the workforce, and I also think just being able to be yourself. Yeah. Period. With all everything, if I have natural hair, if I have curly hair, if I have dyed, if I want to wear holes in my shirt, like really <laughs> understanding that when you work in an organization, yeah. you're there to do your work. You're not there to be a clone of what the organization wants you to be. Um, so that I think is going to what I would envision is no more clones. You know, yeah. twenty twenty five. Definitely, definitely. This rawness of not only us showing up at work, but us showing up, period, in life. The biggest issue is that we don't show up in life. We're not real in life. And when you're not real in the real world, you're just carrying over those habits into work. It's not that work is these toxic place and these habits. No, we're these habits 24-7. So yeah. That's why it's also important to know yourself, to know yeah. your values, and to know 
these are the, the values that you uphold and that should be matched within the organization. And it, if it doesn't match, sometimes it doesn't mean that the, the company is the right company for you at that time. Exactly. Yeah. I think I will piggyback off of Monique about mm -hmm. what I'd like to see in 2025 is I'd like to see every single person showing up as their whole selves to yes. work. Mm -hmm. Not the version of themselves that they believe they have to be for yeah. somebody else, for some organization, for some friend, for some husband, for some boss, but showing up as their whole selves that the work that they do starts with them. You are your first client. Mm -hmm. You are your first employee. You are your first boss. You are your first leader. Everything starts with you. And yeah. once you figure out who you are, you can show up in life and you can show up in the workplace as a better person. Culture happens when we all participate in it. Yeah. It doesn't happen when my manager is doing everything that she needs to do or he needs to do. And the VP and the C-suite, they're doing this all, but the employee mm -hmm. aren't showing up, right? Exactly. That doesn't help. So all of us showing up authentically who we are, not the versions we've been telling everybody about ourselves, and not even the fake version we've been believing about ourselves. I tell people mm -hmm. all the time, the biggest lie you tell yourself is the one you tell yourself about yourself. Yep. Yeah. And so- True. For 2025, I would hope that people stop telling lies about themselves so that they can show up as whole people to work. Mm -hmm. And if we all show up as whole people, our culture shifts. Exactly. And that's I have to share, I have to share some shout-outs. So Timothy is watching Timothy Ball. He says, uh, keep up the great work, Vivian, Danique, Tammy, and uh, Monique. And Michael Grunewald is sharing, uh, talk to humans as humans, and very good discussion. Just like you want customers to be brand ambassadors, ideally employees and ex-employees will be that too, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And you shared something. You you shared something about, um, I, I think I lost my question, but I really wanted to ask this question and now I've lost it. Um, can you repeat again what you shared regarding 2025, what you want so I can... See if I can oh, highlight me. my question. Yes, yes, you, Tammy, sorry. Well, yeah. I was saying that when people show up as their whole self, when they stop lying about who they are, and mm -hmm. when they come into the workplace being authentically who they are, and if we all show up that way, if, if I've done my work, my inner work, to understanding who I am, what motivates me, what drives me, and you've done your work, and Denise done her work, when we show up, we show up as whole people. Exactly. That's what I wanted to ask because we, um, is there hope? Because you're sharing, um, Monique was sharing something about, and this is my last question, otherwise we're already over time now, but um, if you have five more minutes, then I really wanted to ask this question because uh, Monique shared something about startups, uh, about new companies that are really, um, really being mindful regarding the authenticity and regarding the culture. But what about the big companies? Is there hope? Is yeah. there hope? One one answer. I will go through all the ladies. Is there hope, Tammy? There, there is hope. I think as long as there are people, there is hope. As okay. long as there are people running these organizations, there are hope. But I, I think it's going to come down to those people doing their work. And if they start doing their work, they can be honest about the culture that they either helped cultivate or mm -hmm. the one they want to cultivate. So mm. as long as we're breathing, there's always hope. Okay. Monique? I think there's definitely hope, but I think it's going to take employees demanding to be treated a certain mm -hmm. way. Um, I think it's tired. We need to stop asking and we just need to stop partaking and working in organizations that do not promote positive workforce or create authenticity. Just like as if you don't buy enough lemons, eventually they're going to come out and ask you, why aren't you buying lemons? Mm. Well, we're not buying these lemons because they're raid with pesticide the same thing comes down to work and how to change it stop working for organizations that don't create good culture quit if you're in one currently go find another company or radically try to change the one that you're in now they all have different consequences and how you're going to be able to do that um but definitely we we can big companies can do it but i think we as people need to demand it yeah then danique last um I'm probably not as hopeful as the other two for bigger companies. Um, 
Well, then, then we have a European alignment because I'm not that hopeful as well. And I'm going by the fact that, um, mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, nepotism, so everything's been passed on to someone mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Say the senior at this company. Yeah. And I think it would take an absolute radical change for things to um for things to completely change, like for example, Woolworths, that it's gone. And it mm -hmm. and I think it could have stayed had they had had they have cared for their people Definitely. and told that people innovate the company. Yeah. But I'm I'm not as hopeful, but I you know. <laughs> Listen, I, I think it takes all it takes is one person. I think if you would ask, I think if you ask black people before Martin Luther King, do you think we will ever be? The, the answer probably would have been no, <laughs> because all, all of all of the the circumstance around it said, nah, this is just not going to be. This is yeah. not going to be. But it just took one person saying, I think we can do this differently. And I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I don't think it's going to happen as radically as we here on this platform would like to see it happen. But you just need that one person to say. It starts with us. I mean, yeah, and it's doing this. Person to say, yes. hey, I think we need to do this differently. If you think about, um, have you guys heard about Thernos, right? Yeah. Uh, the company that went under where she was supposed to be the, the first woman billionaire. And mm -hmm. it's the grandson of the guy bankrolling this company, the 23-year-old, right? There was all the conditions that just said, keep your head down, make a lot of money, don't make any waves. But he was like, I can't. And that one decision, right, from that one guy in this family with a whole lot of money, mm -hmm. you know, say, yeah, this isn't right. So although we have companies where it's passed down and it's nepotism and the son gets it and the grandson gets it, you don't know what their grandson is going to do when they do get that company. Mm -hmm. which True. They are going to make. And so, yeah, I, I am hopeful. Like I said, as long as we're breathing, there's hope. Yes. Thank you, ladies. I, I, <laughs> thank you, ladies. I really enjoyed this conversation and Let's see, maybe next quarter or maybe in a few months' time, repeat um, this this session with a different topic because I really enjoyed it and the time flew. So mm -hmm. thank you again for sharing so many insights. And I hope that the listeners and the watchers and the people that are you know joining us in this session are really inspired like I am because I learned a lot. I heard a lot. And I knowing that... Um, I even met Tammy for the first time live. Uh, oh, yeah. the second time that I'm seeing Monique and also the the I think the second or the third time that I'm seeing Danik. So magic can happen when you you know meet each other uh, via LinkedIn. So thank you for watching. And I also want to end off, please don't leave ladies. I, I want to end off with uh, with the, the broadcast of next week and then I'll, I'll get in touch soon. Um, the broadcast of next week. So upcoming Thursday, I have a broadcast in, in Dutch, which is about pregnancy discrimination, drugs, alcohol. And we'll also talk about, um, we'll talk about Corona. She is a uh, law advocate, um, employment law advocate. So we'll touch base on that. And next week, Monday, there won't be an episode on Tuesday. It will be on Monday. I'll be having a conversation with Lisa Atkins, uh, a guru in the Agile world, and we'll be discussing the Agile leadership. So thank you for watching this episode. My name is Vivian Aqua, the Workplace Wellness Advocate. And if you have any questions regarding this episode or want to ask the ladies something about this episode, tag them, tag me, and I'll direct the questions to, towards them. So thank you and have a good day, night, evening, and stay safe, people. Stay safe. Bye.